Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Keyforge Public Radio with your host, Zach Armstrong. Hello, KPR listeners. This is Zach. This is Keyforge Public Radio. Remember to subscribe if you haven't. If you're watching or listening on YouTube, make sure you're on there or your listening platform. Hit follow so you can hear stuff like this when it drops. And what is this? I am in Dallas for the Dallas Vault Tour. I am playing Alliance today. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're pretty excited. The first evening it was, of course, Sealed Alliance. Uh, that was a lot of fun uh, with Winds of Exchange. Um, I went 2-2. I was very exhausted. I don't think I made play mistakes because of that, but went 2-2. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a great a great evening. And then this morning I did a practice match with my buddy Asher, Hyper946. Some of you know him uh, for Alliance because Asher is playing Alliance as well. So uh, some of the fun things about Alliance, I've got a few specific questions from my uh, Patreon members I'll be addressing uh, a little bit later in the video. So I'll be talking kind of about the event in general, why I'm playing Alliance, and then you'll be getting uh, round-by-round updates as well uh, as I play, just so you can hear my experience, what I'm learning. And I'm playing Alliance today because I'm playing a brew that is from my local team, the Athens Forge Masters. And somebody opened a very special pod, uh, Andy Forge actually. Opened a very special pod, so go subscribe to Andy Forge here on YouTube if you haven't, uh, or over on YouTube if you haven't. Uh, opened a double flame wing pod with a whole lot of amber pips from Cursed Relic and Triple Rant and Rive, stuff like that. So it's a very good pod outside of the double nearbore flame wing. And if you're not familiar with double nearbore flame wing, uh, it is actually an infinite combo where if you have a flame wing on the board and a flame wing in the discard pile, uh, at the start of your turn, they can infinitely trigger um, and uh, create as many tokens as there are cards in your deck. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so what the team did is we that pod was opened by Andy Forge, and then we just started testing with it. We at first tried Amberling because that combo can happen at the start of the turn before the forge a key step, and Amberling can be spent as Amber, so you could just make everything you need for a key and then forge it. Um, but we pushed on that, pushed on that, tried a lot. It did not really get to the level we wanted it to. And so we realized, well, this is still a very good pod. How can we just make this the best deck possible that also has Nearmore Flamewing? Double Nearmore Flamewing. So I'm running Equidon, Unfathomable, uh, Brobnar. Surprise, surprise. One of the top house combinations in Winds of Exchange, although there's plenty of other strong ones. Great lists in uh, Summon Star Alliance, Slots, and Mars. And so I'm running lots of control, a whole lot of uh, bouncing of creatures to various places, sending creatures uh, back to where they came from, a whole lot of board control, Prospector, of course, double Abyssal Sight, double Illusions of Grandeur, double Generous Offer, a whole lot of stuff like that. So uh, all supported by Prospector and double Flame Wing. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very good. Did a practice match against Asher's Halifest uh, Brew this morning, which also has Prospector. Uh, a very unique Holofest list. It's also from a Savior deck, which means it's got that gold border from the uh, from the uh, GameFound campaign back last year. So that's what it's looking like so far. Um, having a great time. Having a great time uh, getting to see everybody, meeting a few new people, meeting a few new people. 
uh, get to be here uh, with uh, my wife, Megan, as well. So uh, if you've come to this event, then you've probably gotten to meet her, which has been great. She's actually sitting right behind the camera right over there, and she's so beautiful. Hi. I know you can't see her. Just You'll have to take my word for it. Um, yeah. So uh, we will be talking uh, either before either before or after uh, the kind of round reviews um, about just some of the questions about, okay, why am I playing Alliance? What is, you know, so some various kind of meta questions about Alliance's inclusion in the organized play setup for Keyforge by Ghost Galaxy and some thoughts there. A lot of these prompts came from uh, Cloggin, a longtime uh, supporter of both Call of Discovery and uh, and KPR. A lot of very good questions from Cloggin that I think would be really worth to just talk through with everybody about Alliance and like why I'm playing Alliance, what my journey looks like in case it helps you think about Alliance, whether you want to play it or not. Um, you know, kind of what the cost of Alliance is so far. Because, hey, I still want competitive sealed with stakes like Alliance and Archon have, and we don't have that this year currently. So, anyways, uh, that's the update so far. Uh, thanks uh, thanks for joining me, and we'll be right back with more. Hey, we're back. Uh, we've got a little bit of time before it gets going. Deck checks are still ongoing. Shout out to the judge team. They've expanded by one person. It's uh, led by Marcus. They've got a new person named John on it. Judge team is doing great. They're in little judge jerseys. Uh, really great work so far. Very excited. So while we're waiting, uh, I'm going to go over some very good questions um, from Cloggin, from Nick, uh, that he left on uh, the Keyforge Public Radio Patreon. If you're interested in supporting monthly, being a part of the Discord, the Patreon, asking questions like this where I'll you know talk about them on the podcast, things like that. Uh, then, uh, yeah, jump on there. Starts at $4 a month. There's higher tiers as well. Uh, but Nick asks a few parts here. Uh, I really love these questions, so we're going to talk about a few of them here. Nick says, if you, in the general sense, are playing Alliance because you think there uh, are better chances of winning winning money, etc., versus playing what you would otherwise play, what's that mean for the future of all the things? Are we min-maxing now? Is that an expectation of players? Are we fostering a game of regrets? What I played, how I played, why I played, etc. So... I think generally, Nick, for the kind of the second part, like are we fostering a game of regrets? Um, you know, if you play what you have a better chance of winning. And I can speak to my experience here, and then maybe it'll speak to other people. So I think, are we fostering a game of regrets? I think anything where you're trying to compete, uh, Richard Garfield coined the term ortho game, where it's a game where players end up ranked as opposed to just regular play like kids might do or a tabletop role-playing game but in an ortho game where players end up ranked um, you it is possible of course to have disappointment and regrets uh, court you know kind of correlating with your performance like if you don't perform well if you wanted to perform better or you were training to perform better or you just wanted to even if you didn't train um, then yeah like it could it could be there could be regrets there right um, as far as like me wanting to play Archon, I will say from um, between going 0-2, which is a bit more of an emotional response, between going 0-2 and, and Archon at Philadelphia, and then just seeing all the really strong stuff I, that people bring, I do think I have some stuff that can compete, at least on the local Athens Forge Masters team and my own collection. I think I have some stuff that could compete. Um, but generally, the alliance pool of players has been smaller and like I was talking about just a little bit earlier in the episode, we opened up some pretty special stuff that I really want to give a try in Alliance uh, from our local team. So I am also partly playing because I do want to top eight sometime this season. And I think currently my best chance, or at least a place I need to take any chance, is Alliance, especially with this current build, this version, this kind of early-ish version of this build. So um, I don't think it's necessarily fostering 
a game of regret or a game of, of regrets and should I, would I, and what's motivating, right? I mean, the money would be lovely to, to win, but if I, if I only wanted to make money, I wouldn't be spending my time playing a card game, right? <laughs> I'd be, you know, doing, making more small businesses, right? So I don't think it's actively fostering, you know, a game of, of regrets right now. And min-maxing, uh, Keyforge, there's plenty of fun to be had without min-maxing in Keyforge. And as somebody who's trying to focus more on being a strategic, competitive player, that is not something that's just naturally in my bones, but I enjoy it. So I have to do a lot of work to say, okay, what are my best chances of winning? Where well, I'm still going to be enjoying myself. And I want to try and see what my chances of winning are when I play Alliance, right? Especially if it's going to be a slightly smaller pool, a less tested pool than Archon. I want to jump into that. So um, so I am playing Alliance partly because of the better chances of, of winning. Uh, but that's not the only thing that's pulled me over to that from Archon for this particular Vault Tour. So I think trying Alliance has fit my personal journey uh, really well. Uh, really well in this instance um, on a number on a number of, of levels, but I don't think it is uh, it is subtracting from the game just based on um, you know existing alongside Archon. However, I, I do think what has subtracted is that we don't have sealed. I would love sealed or sealed alliance, like a sealed open three pick one or a sealed alliance right with three decks. Whole lot of decision making to be made there. Um, I do think having that in a competitive, like, get to worlds with it environment, win some money environment, would be really worth it for Keyforge because I believe a lot of that is really core to the promise of Keyforge. And while Alliance is new, Alliance is not core to the promise of Keyforge, the original promise. However, I think Alliance is a worthy addition. I just don't want it to subtract as on, on a big level. But as far as my personal experience, I think... Um, I don't think it is. I don't think it is threatening the heart of the game by pulling people like me over to Alliance. So, great questions, Nick. Really appreciate it. Uh, when we jump back in, we will have uh, we will have some reports on how the day is going. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Zach from the future here, real quick, in the editing, listening back to my answer to that question from a KPR Patreon subscriber. Uh, I. Love the answer. It's good. I was processing live and didn't summarize it succinctly. So I will summarize it succinctly saying this. This came to me actually sitting here in the edit. I did not sacrifice any joy of Keyforge to play Alliance at the Dallas Vault Tour. I did not sacrifice any joy of Keyforge that I, I have to play Alliance at the Vault Tour. It was very meaningful to play this deck uh, from my local team. It was a deck we all worked on together. I felt like I was there as an avatar of the local team, and the games were a lot of fun. I won't spoil uh, exactly how the Vault Tour went. I had a great time. So while I was focusing a bit more on something where I have a higher chance of winning money and an invite to the World Championship... I did not pay in enjoyment. In fact, I had just as much as I always have, all other things being equal, right? Let's not straight up compare this to me going 0-2 at Philly and blame Archon on that. That was just how the cookie crumbled at that particular event. All right, back to the show. So just finished round one of the Alliance tournament. Again, I am on a double nearbore flame wing pond with triple rant and rive, a whole bunch of extra pips from a cursed relic that was not included. Equidon with double pull-up stakes, corner of the market, double generous offer, and then a unfathomable with uh, double bubbles, double abyssal sight, and double illusions of grandeur, all with a whole bunch of extra pips. 
stuff like that. Played against a lovely guy uh, not from not too far from here named Jason. He was running Call of the Archons Shadows Logos Untamed. Had a library access in there, a whole bunch of lab works, a whole bunch of hunting witches. So absolute rush. There's a TMTP and a graft, which are kind of my boogeymen because my deck can certainly burst real high, especially if I illusions wrong, right? So uh, it went uh, it went well. I did win. Uh, the early game, the early game was definitely a big back and forth. I was able to uh, abyssal sight a few cards, but there was still still a lot of steel going on. Fortunately, a lot of the smaller Call of the Archons creatures were susceptible uh, to just being bounced from, you know, multiple houses being bounced to hand. There was a timely corner of the market, and then Nearbor Flamewing did go off with about six to eight cards left in the deck, so I had a board full of prospectors that I blew up as I wanted to to shuffle those things back in and had a good redraw back into a couple things uh, and just raced to that last key while he was approaching his second. So, uh, pretty solid win. Still had to work for it. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, in round two. Hey, everybody. Round two report. I played on stream Prime Cut Games. That is Claymore, uh, who is streaming uh, on Twitch. I played on stream against uh, JR, a.k.a. Ewok Jr. from Archon's Corner. He was piloting a mass mutation deck, Logos Untamed, and Dis, a uh, bunch of Infernus, bunch of Markadis, Eaton's Jar, all that sort of thing. Uh, that actually Devin, a.k.a. Flaming Hobo from ABR, brought, and uh, there was some issue, I believe, with the pod not showing up for JR to play the Alliance he intended to, and so uh, Devin was generous enough to lend him uh, a deck that wasn't being used, an Alliance, and so he played that, and he did great with it. Um, check out the game on stream. I will, I will link it in the description. It was a great game, uh, uh, relatively tight. I did pull ahead and win. Um, there was a lot of Infernus uh, nonsense. He purged a whole bunch of Amber from me. Um, but after uh, a few big turns, holding a Ranton Rive and a whole lot of Prospector and uh, Flamewing draw and shenanigans, I was able to, to pull out the win. Uh, felt great. Felt great. Uh, and so that is round two. And I'll be back to you real soon with round three. Hey, everybody. Round three report. Uh, I won. I was against a gentleman named Aaron, a.k.a. Alaskan Devil. Uh, he was playing a triple FOF transponder deck with Prospector, and then it had uh, Mars and Equidon with triple uh, generous offer. So uh, we uh, traded blows for the first key, kind of going back and forth, stealing Amber, that sort of thing. I got the first key locked in and then popped off in an Equidon turn where I kept making and blowing up Prospectors and kept drawing into Equidon. And so I got up to around 14, uh, 14 Amber, one key forged already, drew into my corner of the market, drew into a second generous offer, and so kept him down to absolutely zero Amber um, and then played corner of the market uh, on that turn, locking him out of uh, the multiple generous offers he had in hand. So. Uh, after that, I was able to play um, a full hand of Brobnar, even though I knew he had double generous offer and a few other things. Had a full hand of Brobnar and was able to absolutely go as high as possible to make sure that because he's playing uh, Winds of Exchange without a closed-door negotiation or Rant and Rive or Martyr, excuse me, um, I knew I could just go as high as possible, so I did. Locked it in, zero keys to three. So uh, that was a pretty definitive win, a pretty definitive win. Uh, chatted with him for a while afterwards. He has come back just for Alliance, which was great to hear. This guy came back just because of Alliance. Uh, he mains flesh and blood. So that was great to hear, uh, and we got to play. So uh, doing well with the Prospector Flamewing deck, uh, the, all the control and all the bounce from Athens, Georgia. Uh, and I will keep you all updated with round four and onward. See you there. 
Hey, everybody. Day two update for the Dallas Vault Tour and my run with this Alliance deck. So after I went 3-0 in the last report you just heard, uh, they were doing some math. And they figured out that everybody who had gone 3-0 was automatically locked in for top 8. So I didn't have to play any more matches to get locked in for top 8. There were 23 players total. And so going 3-0 without any early losses. The earlier you take a loss, the harder your fight's going to be. Uh, and so going 3-0 got me locked for top 8. Uh, other people who had to win and in at the very end played, I believe, had to end up going 5-1. and one. So I played three matches. If somebody took an early loss, they had to play about six total matches. About, um, I think. Uh, at least the people who uh, were, were playing for the playing in in like the fifth or sixth round. So uh, so I was number two seed. They did seed first based on your record. So it's three and oh. There was a, a, just a few three and oh's. I think three or four three and oh's. There were a few of us. And, so, and then they organized us by strength of schedule and seeded us that way. So I was number two. Uh, I was seed number two. Uh, the noble one, uh, this is online handle, uh, Zach of Team Sass, uh, was seed number one. And the funny thing is, and I guess this was good for both of us, that uh, we were originally paired together round one before they, uh, there was an issue that involved uh, deck registration and player registration and playstyle, and they had to basically reshuffle the bracket, kind of restart it. Uh, both of us ended up with easier matchups because we went 3-0. and So uh, in the top eight today, my first round, I was paired against Big Z. Uh, also of Team Sass, and Team Sass has put together several versions of Jason, uh, Jason Bargender of Team Sass, J Power, several versions of his deck he won the Philadelphia Vault Tour with, uh, which has Eden's Jar, Mark of Disinfernus. It's always got enhanced Cronuses uh, with, uh, you know, drop hips on there. And then this brew had a Star Alliance, of course, with double Armory Officer Nell, a bunch of creature upgrades, uh, Val Jericho, uh, and Blast Shielding. Right, that's going to be important for later. And so uh, looked over that deck list, looked at the matchup for a bit, um, looked at all my cards. And so we played this morning, and G's a great opponent, plays clean, real friendly. Um, and we chatted for a bit, uh, chatted for a bit before the game, which was nice. Uh, the game, uh, I I definitely uh, I definitely came out of the gate faster, and my tempo was able to hit him. I had things like corner the market. And pull-up stakes, I got those both off in uh, in one turn. So pull-up stakes, bouncing a bunch of creatures to hand, and then corner the market, uh, saying he you know can't play any cards uh, for that next turn. But if he discards them, he can archive them. And so I had a number of good tempo plays like that and got to check for my second key with a couple extra amber. I believe it was eight total amber. And um, he starts to tempo me with an Anthony grabbing my amber. And I'm in a position uh, where I start to I start to get to check uh, for for my second key again, and I'm getting towards the bottom of my deck. Um, I have mostly Equidon left, and I go into I go into Brobnar. I have seen both Infernus and one Mark of Dis at this point, and I have my club out. I play Heavy the Huge, and it's got two enhanced uh, Amber Pips and a Capture Pip. Uh, I might club it into a Infernus. Uh, I might club it into oh no, thank you. I'm good, thank you. <laughs> um, the very uh, uh, guy named Daniel's offering people uh, <laughs> Dr. Pepper cream soda. That's very kind. Um, and so uh, I played heavy, might club heavy into an Infernus with a secure droid on it. Um, I figure some things are going to have to go in the bin. I haven't seen his Grim Reminder yet. His deck might flip, and he might not automatically get it back with Grim Reminders, but he's about to pop off with draw in, in Star Alliance, so it might not matter. Anyways, I get that four damage from the Infernus onto the heavy. 
and then I play Pound, and I finish off a few creatures in his battle line from the heavy damage. Now, that was the mistake that lost me the game. I'm not sure I would have won if I had avoided this, but I was in a good position, and he was also in a good position. His deck was starting to pop off. I was just ahead at that point. Um, and then the move the move he pulled, I'd seen in other Jason decks, Jason Bargander decks, but did not see. I did not identify that this move was in this deck. And he had drawn through his whole deck, so I knew I, you know, I knew exactly what he had left in hand. So he goes into Star Alliance, gets Val in the center of the battle line, plays Blast Shielding, which gives the creature plus two armor, and then plays Mark of Dis on my Heavy the Huge. And I have no Brobnar in my hand. So Mark of Dis forces me into Brobnar, and I could have played Pound on Heavy the Huge to finish it off. And so I get stuck into Brobnar for a turn. I take a complete non-turn. No Brobnar on the board except for Mike Club. Um, absolutely nothing. Uh, and I have five cards of Equidon where I can I can deal with him checking at 10. I have Generous Offer and I have I have Generous Offer and I have a Shrewd Investor. Uh, so uh, he goes he goes into his next turn, he forges his second key. Uh, he bursts up to 11 and I am one amber short of stopping him uh, for that final key. Um, and I had a whole bunch of tools in my hand to try to stop him um, or just try to keep interrupting him and keep pushing uh, me as well. Uh, but um, I did not get the chance to see if I could pull the win out. So uh, it was a good game and I'm happy that my mistake was not, it was not a simple mistake. It was not some basic sequencing error. It was not some easy call that I could have made. Uh, I'll write some notes down, see if there was anything I could have done better outside of that, but that mistake definitely lost me the game, and um, I think I had a chance. He was starting to pop off, but I think I had a chance with everything going on, uh, with everything going on in my deck uh, at that point. So, uh, but it was great. It was a great match. Uh, clean play. Lost on that mistake. Of course, Z played. Z played very well. Z played very well, as he does. So uh, I made top eight, which was my goal for this competitive season. I have not made top eight before because um, there was a whole lot of AOA sealed vault tours I went to, maybe two, uh, before COVID. And then I went, oh, as you know, we talked about on uh, my previous episode, how to have how to enjoy a vault tour even when you go 0-2. Uh, I went 0-2 at Philly, you know, my first one back. And so to make top eight at this one, uh, I was very happy with, and my deck uh, did give Z and his deck um, a good challenge. Um, so I'm happy with that. I wish I could have not made that mistake and see how it goes from there. But I'm happy with my performance. It's been a great time here. It's been uh, a well-run tournament. Uh, things are going great. Gotten to see a lot of people again um, and, uh, you know, get some Vault Master decks and some other things. So uh, stay tuned. After the credits here, we are going to have a interview with one of my favorite Keyforge players in a new and maybe recurring segment, I don't know, uh, called Kidforge. Got an interview with young Mr. John right after the credits, so stick around for that. Thank you so much to everybody who supports on Patreon, uh, people who sent in some, some questions uh, we talked about earlier about you know why I was playing Alliance, kind of being the avatar of the Athens Forge Master team and our brew and our work there. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's what drew me to playing Alliance today. Um, and I'm excited. It was a lot of fun. I hope we get more sealed, but uh, Alliance just on its own outside of that kind of meta effect. Right. Uh, very happy with it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was good. Uh, and if you all can really figure out uh, those <laughs> those J Power decks that Team Sash sends in multiples to these events, then if you can beat that, you've got a good chance. You've got a very good chance. 
Thank you so much to everybody supporting on Patreon, especially our Airwave Advocate level subscribers uh, like Paul Roadrunner. Um, again, KeyForgePublicRadio.com is where you can find the Keyforge Public Radio merch store. We have a, a new Golden Resource shirt. It's an all-over print tee, so a bit more expensive than the standard KPR tees, uh, hats, mugs, that sort of thing. But check out the new Golden Resource shirt. That's really cool. I'll put a link to that uh, directly in the show notes here. Um, and if you'd like to join uh, on Patreon, that's where most of our support comes from. Uh, it starts at $4 a month. Uh, you get access to the Discord and, of course, the Patreon feed. I put Patreon-exclusive episodes out a few times per month uh, and ask people for questions and topics they, well, that they want to hear me talk about here on the podcast. So thank you to Sith of Agmar, who also made top eight here at Archon. Not sure how you're doing that right now, Sith. Um, and and uh, Cloggin for sending in some questions and discussion topics for me. Really appreciate that. And uh, remember, unlike your radio dial, may your Keyforge skills always be well-tuned. Visit KeyForgePublicRadio.com to find all of our episodes, transcripts, blog posts, the KPR store, and more. Keyforge Public Radio is made possible with support from listeners just like you, who believe in this game and this show. When you join the Patreon, you receive access to votes on content, sneak peeks, early knowledge of interviews, access to the Discord, and other benefits. So come on down, I'd be honored if you joined us. Follow KPR on any social media platform you frequent. Just search for Keyforge Public Radio, and we're probably there. This show is produced by Rooster High Productions, which is me. And remember, dear listener, the most important part of Keyforge is the person across the table. Hey everybody, Zach with Keyforge Public Radio here, and I am here with a very special interview. Uh, this is John. <laughs> John is here uh, uh, with his papa here at the Dallas uh, Vault Tour. Uh, his dad is playing Alliance, so maybe I'll have to face him later. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so John, uh, John, what do you like most about Keyforge? That it's a very strategized game. That's a very strategized game. Uh, so by strategized, uh, do you like, so when you play Keyforge, do you like having to think a lot about your turns? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And what, what is your, what's the favorite play? What's the, your favorite thing you've been able to do in Keyforge when you've been playing with your dad? Mm, I don't really know. Don't really know? Okay, uh, let's see. What uh, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite uh, house in Keyforge? Um, logos or Dis. Logos or Dis. Very nice. What do you like about Logos? That it's very good. Oh, it is very good. Do you? What? Why do you think it's good? Why is Logos just such a good Keyforge house? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what What do you like about Dis? It's really good. Yeah, it's it's also very good. It's also very good. Uh, let's see. Have you been uh, have you been playing uh, any Winds of Exchange decks? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You're not sure. Uh, uh, do you know which Keyforge set is your favorite? Yes, my black, uh, my one right there. Oh, uh, uh, Age of Ascension. Is Age of Ascension your favorite? These. Oh, excellent. Okay, what card? What cards do we have here? So we have Pit Demon, we have Archimedes, and Psychic 
Bub. Excellent. Uh, between Pit Demon, Archimedes, and Psychic Bug, which uh, which one is your favorite of these three cards? Probably Pit Demon. Nice. What what's what's fun about Pit Demon? It's just you can make sure no one can get uh their uh what is it called keys. Oh, their keys. That's right. Keep keep stealing. Keep stealing with Pit Demon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, what what do you like? Uh, what kind of an animal is Archimedes? I can't really tell. Can you tell me what kind of animal that is? Uh, it looks like. Uh, it kind of looks like an owl. Yeah, I think it's an owl, a little helpful robot owl. For sure, for sure. Excellent. Do you have a, a deck that you like to play that has Pit Demon in it? Uh, yeah. This one actually goes with my black one right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the name on this deck here? Uh, Arachnovich, the Agent of Whistlestream. Ooh, I like that. Do you know what an agent is? I don't know what that is. I don't. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. My dad. yeah. <laughs> I bet he does. He sounds like a smart guy. Oh, and there's a, a Niffleape. What do you like? What do you like about Niffleape? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Do you think? Do you think Niffleape would make a good Halloween costume? Yes. Yeah, I could see. I think you'd make a very good Niffleape, Mr. John. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Can you say uh, to wrap up the interview here? Can you say, "I love Keyforge." I love Keyforge. Hey, I love Keyforge too. Thank you so much for coming on, John.